Bibles today, turn to Psalm 112. Psalm 112. Look at your neighbor and say, I read about you. And if you haven't, you're about to. Uh, of course, when you get one shot on Sunday morning, you want to preach it all, you know. I won't do that to you. Uh, but I, I thought, I just couldn't get this off my mind. I felt like it's the way the Lord wanted me to go today. We're going to have some complimentary scriptures to go with it. But you can just stay right here in uh, Psalm 112. And um, I call it the portrait, the snapshot of the blessed person. You know, there's people that hear us talk about the blessings of God. And they'll say things like, is that all you think about? Well, I want you all to look up here and read my lips. Yes. What's the alternative? What, what, what do you mean we got to have equal amount of curse and blessing? Jesus came to bring blessing. Come on, amen. And uh, this, this psalm, I'm telling what, and all these young people here, it, it wouldn't hurt us all. You know, some of you memorize lines from movies. We all do. But uh, put, put some of those skills in your brain to the word of God. Uh, hang this on a, or type it out or print it off or something and put it on your refrigerator where you visit it every day and just read it out loud. That one song, Jake, you did today about instead of surviving but thriving, uh, I thought, man, that goes so much along with my sermon. I, I just thought, man, that is definitely right on track what I'm going to preach today. This is the portrait, this Psalm 112. This is what all of us want to be and should be. And I'm going to read it to you. Now, Now, listen, I don't usually take a lot of time. I, I, I ain't one to read the whole thing and then go preach on it. I really don't. I just start preaching on the verses. But I'm going to read it to you with gusto. And I want you to, I want you to listen to, this, to these verses. If, if they have them to put up, go ahead and put up Psalm 112 if you want to there, brother, out of King Jimmy. Listen to this description of the blessed person. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. His righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it, listen, and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Somebody shout amen in the house. Amen. Now I want to read it to you. I, I, didn't, I never read this out of the uh, message Bible. If you want to put it up, if you happen to have that, if it's a hassle, no problem. I'll just read it. I, I carry one of these in the car. And uh, if you don't have a message Bible, I wouldn't suggest that that's all you read, but own one. Because he did such a great job embellishing and bringing out what the Hebrew and Greek really said. Listen to this. <laughs> Once again, I want to read the whole thing, but check out the way the message says it. Hallelujah! Blessed man, blessed woman who fears God, who cherish and relish his commandments. 
their children robust on the earth. And the homes of the upright, how blessed. Their houses brim with wealth. <laughs> Bring it on, Jesus. The new MCI would be nice too. And a generosity that never runs dry. Sunrise breaks through the darkness for good people. This ain't a Methodist church. Somebody shout this morning. What's wrong with you? Come on. God's grace and mercy and justice. The good person is generous and lends lavishly. No shuffling or stumbling around for this one, but a sterling and solid and lasting reputation, unfazed by uh, rumor and gossip, heart ready, trusting in God, spirit firm, unperturbed, ever blessed and relaxed, ever blessed and relaxed among enemies. They lavish gifts on the poor. A generosity that goes on and on and on. An honored life, a beautiful life. Someone wicked takes one look and rages. They bluster. They end up speechless. There's nothing to the dreams of the wicked. Nothing. There's nothing to the dreams of the wicked. Nothing. My Lord, if I knew how to do a somersault and wouldn't kill myself, I'd do one right now. But I'd make a mummy shout, man. I'm telling you what. Now, look at this verse again. Look at verse 1. Go back to verse 1. A few commentaries here. He's going to throw up a few scriptures for me as we go to embellish. Look at the ingredients. If, if, if you could ever get past verse 1, the rest of it's a shoe in. Here's the key. I want the car to run without it. I ain't going to, baby. The car ain't going to run without the key. I want to go in the house. I don't have a key. Well, don't break in. Get a key. Get the key to things. The key to this whole thing I just read is in verse 1. First of all, it's a man that fears the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Now, it's not just being afraid of God. Matter of fact, if you're a child of God, if you're saved, new covenant person, it, it's, it's more of a respect than anything, a respect and awesome reverence for God. You don't want to mess it up because you love him so much. Come on, Amen. But there's nothing wrong with the fear of God. You've heard people say, I'll put the fear of God in you. Well, you know, some, some, some fear of God is good. To realize he made me. I'm sucking his air. He's bigger than me. If he chose to, he could squash me like a bug, but he's not going to because he loves me. Hallelujah. But he is. I don't want to kindle his wrath. I don't want to do dumb things. Come on. To mess it up. Let's see how quick we can go to that Hebrews 12, 28. People say, well, that's Old Testament, Brother Blaine. Well, Hebrews 12, 28 is an Old Testament. And maybe he'll put that up there. I can give you the references if I have to. Uh, you're going to be able to put them up each time? I had some complimentary verses to go with them, but I don't want to take a lot of time looking for them. There it is. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I got in a little discussion one time with a guy, a little a Bible discussion, and he was saying, now you've got to have the fear of God, and then the grace of God comes. I said, I don't think you're right. And I, I, I'm telling you what, when you you're, spend years putting it in you, this verse just came to my mind. And I went and looked it up, and I said, sir, read Hebrews 12, 28. It says, let us have grace whereby we may serve God with fear. The fear of God didn't come first. The grace of God came first. 
Who all's glad for the grace of God? Come on. And once that grace of God has touched me, hallelujah, it ought to have an effect on me to reverence God. Amen? Amen. And then go, go back to our home plate verse. You can go ahead and be putting up Titus 2.14. It says, and that delighteth greatly in his commandments. You know, it's one thing to, to, to obey God, but it's another thing to obey God cheerfully. The Bible says God loveth a cheerful giver. See, your attitude will determine your latitude. Come on. I believe God always blesses obedience, but I believe there's an added blessing to people that cheerfully obey him. Come on, amen. Look what Paul said about Christians who gave himself for us, Jesus, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, looking forward to good works. You know, I, I, Christians can sin. Christians sin sometimes. They repent. They get washed. Come on back. Come on, amen. amen. But listen, we don't practice sin. I don't know any born-again person says, I'm setting my alarm clock real early tomorrow because I'm going to get up and make sure I get in a whole day of sin tomorrow. <laughs> At least 18 hours. Anything I do, I want to sin all day tomorrow. Now, you might trip and fall, but... You don't deliberately go plan to trip and fall. Am I preaching good? Come on. There's mercy with the Lord. Amen. And by the way, I'll give you a little security preaching here. It's harder to get out than you think it is. You don't do one thing. I grew up in a church where you thought if you did one thing wrong, you had to go get saved again. I must have got saved 150 times before I was 11. Least a little bit of guilt, boy. I said, oh, Jesus, I don't want to go to hell. God, what a way to live is that? But the blessing of the Lord, you might say, Blaine, how can I even line up with that first verse in that Psalm 112? I'm not perfect. I want to show you something. Go to Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. I, I, this is related but unrelated, but also related. I just had to throw this in because I had to throw in some good New Testament theology for you this morning. Did you know above the Ten Commandments there are 603 other Mosaic laws? And that doesn't even include the ones throughout the prophets where uh, things were spoken about God's will and His ways. There's even more than 613 laws. People think, I do pretty good. I'll keep the Ten Commandments. Well, how about the other 603? You're in trouble, ain't you? You need a Savior too, don't you? See, we all need a Savior because we've broken His laws. What would God do for you? Stay with me. What would God do for you if you could keep all of them perfectly? There would be a righteousness that comes with that. Now look at here at Romans, if you can put up there, Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Now just, I want you to hold it right there. Well, go ahead. That, okay, you're fast, thank you. Number three, again, that, that the, it says, for what the law could not, God sent his son. I was driving up through Dayton one night on the way up to Watsi to preach. And I was going to preach this verse. And I said, Lord, I could spitfire that verse all day. 
and preach it and get blessed myself. And I know what it means. But sometimes I, I look at the people after I read it and they got that kind of a deer in the headlight look at you. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And everybody's going, Whoa, glory to God. I have no idea what that means, but boy, he sure preached it good. Well, we're all, we're all about understanding here, okay? It's not just delivery. Some people don't care what you say as long as you got the right delivery. Just kind of stupid. You get up and say, Ananias and Sopranos, we're on the road to Demarcus. You know, and somebody go, well, yeah, bless him, Lord. <laughs> Ananias and Sopranos, really right now? Okay. I said, Lord, give me an illustration and going right by Sinclair College. I'll never forget it. Boom, I just had it. Some of you boys take a lot of pride in your rims on your car. I don't, never have. Sometimes my rims are the same color as my tires. It's called brake dust, okay? I'm sorry. I got a 1,200-foot gravel drive. I'm not going to. I got too, uh, too many other things. I, pro I choose my battles. One of them's not going to be rims, okay? Until God blesses me someday with a, a blacktop drive, we are not going to do that, okay? So my, as long as my car stops, I don't care what the rims look like. Some guys will make them so clean and so clear. You could comb your hair like a mirror. Go to them car shows, man. You could eat your eggs off, off the engine block. I mean, you know, spotless, man. I don't do that either. But you know what? If that rim is on a flat tire, it reduces the ability of performance that that rim was supposed to do. This illustration the Lord gave me. Look at verse 3 up there. For what the rim could not do, in that it was weak through a weak, through a flat tire, God sent AAA. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. <laughs> See, there was nothing wrong with the law, but it had to go through the conduit of people like you and me who failed sometimes. So it weakened the ability of the law because it had to go through Weak people. But God sent his son. Come on. He wasn't sinful flesh. He was just in the likeness of sinful flesh. And he, and he condemned sin in the flesh. Now look at verse 4. Let's go back to verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Listen. <laughs> Who walk not after the flesh or self-efforts. Another way to say that. Not just the body flesh, but self-effort. What you can do without God is flesh. For what the, that, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after self-effort but after the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit and trusting God in the finished work of the cross, listen, God looks at you. Listen, if you haven't got happy yet, if you don't plan to but one time, this is the time right here, okay? It's not going to get any better than this right here. Okay. God treats you as if you had kept the law perfectly because your elder brother was AAA that came to the rescue. Come on, somebody. The righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us, Vicki, because we trust in Christ and what he did for us. 
So David over in Psalm 112, if you want to go back there, was talking from an OT perspective, Old Testament perspective, some thousand years before Jesus came. But we're after the cross, boys and girls. And now we got the, we got the gift of righteousness, amen. Now let's look at some of these things before we close. I asked Jacoby, and he said, ah, we close around 12 to 12, 15. I'm going for 15. Okay. Just wanted y'all to know I'm going for 15, okay? Uh, so just give me a few more minutes. I tell people if we close right at 12 o'clock, you have to go get in line with the Baptist anyway. So just, uh, you know, just sit back and enjoy yourself, okay? God knows really how to get you, don't he? He really knows how to, how to get to your heart. He starts the number one thing, the first blessing. Everybody say the first blessing. Look at verse 2. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Nadia Rose Forte shall be mighty upon the earth. She'll be a Holy Ghost girl. Hallelujah. I was talking to her yesterday. I was speaking the blessings of God all over her yesterday. Just holding cheek, your forehead. I went in and cleaned up real good before I did it, you know. Even washed my face and my beard and hands all clean when you kissed my baby girl. That's right. Okay. Listen to me. I got it bad now. Quit calling your kids stupid. Quit telling your kids you're going to be as stupid as your Uncle Roy. Stupid runs in our clan. You, you, you've got an industrial strength of it, boy. Quit saying dumb things like that over your kids. Speak the word over your kids. Brother, there might be people say, why does, why, why does Grimes put that stuff up on the wall? We're supposed to say it after him. Cause it's good for you to make a confession of faith. Those things ought to be coming out of your mouth anyway all the time. But, and please, when you say them, quit whimpering it. Say it with gusto. I'm a new person. I have a new spirit. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm not selfish. That's of the devil. God gave. I'm going to give. I want to imitate my daddy. Hallelujah. I'm a giver. I'm not an old stingy devil. Chillers. That was for Angie. Okay. They got a special language down in eastern Kentucky and northern Virginia there. So, Verse 3. It gets better. I said it gets better. Well, let me, let me give this other verse to you. You might say, well, Brother Bone, what's that mean? Let me show you Acts 16.31 real fast. Acts 16.31. 16, you know, there is, I'm not cussing. I'm, I'm giving you a, a term that's used in Scripture. A, there's a heresy that is very damning that, that, that floats around from time to time. It surfaces. You can be putting up Acts 16.31 that, that God chose certain ones to go to heaven, certain ones to go to hell. There's only two times in the Bible that Scripture refers to predestination, and it's never about individuals. It's about God's plan. God planned to save humanity. God planned to send His Son. It was predestinated. It wasn't like a couple years before Jesus came. He said, oh, let's try this. Jesus is called the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. So God had a plan, you see. And uh, He invited everybody to the party. I got two or three good ones, but I got one that's a pure devil. Two of my brothers are preachers, and the other one's an alcoholic. Well, you get to claim in these verses. Look at this verse. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, but others will have to go to hell. No, and thy house. 
Who all believes God promises our house? I said God promises our house. Speak that blessing over your children. I mean, we got some friends that raise their kids, right? But they, there are a couple of them that's out in the world. And I, I, I've been telling them, Spirit of God, I know God told me this. I was in Cincinnati one morning preaching. And I felt to have people come up to pray for their loved ones to get saved. And everybody came up and was all huddled around. And the Lord cracks me up. Some, some of the funny things I felt in my spirit to say, folks, the Lord just told us to pray for them that they will smell the manure. It's like Jesus to refer to something he said in Luke 15 called the prodigal son. Prodigal son ended up in the pig trough. See, some, pe some, some people out, out there in the world you've been praying for, you need to let God be God. And, and let, let them stick their nose in a little bit. They'll wake up. They'll come running. Come on. Start praying that they smell the manure. Amen. Hallelujah. Go back to home plate. I'm, I'm, I'm rounding up here. These others won't take as long. Hallelujah. Wealth and riches. Look at verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Now, you know, uh, there's people right here that stumble. They'll say, well, now, you know, um, what, what, what about good people that, that, that have nothing? Well, uh, I, you know, I'm not judging anybody. I, I don't know. That can be for a lot of reasons. It could be for... Reasons of ignorance. They don't know that God wants them to have anything else. Come on. It could be uh, simply because they uh, have chosen. See, the Bible said in Hebrews there were some people that chose the hard way. See, there's missionaries that choose to go live in a pup tent. And no Hilton hotels out in that desert. You know, they've chosen the way of suffering so they could go bless somebody else. Amen. So we're not putting down anybody that, that lacks. But on the other hand, folks, it takes money to keep these lights on. Am I preaching good? It takes money to keep the kingdom of God rolling. It takes money for you to, to raise your kids, keep the creditors from calling your house. Am I preaching good yet? How would you know? I've had my electric cut off six or eight times in my lifetime. I've had a bus repossessed one time. I've been there and done it. I understand it. It hurts. But I decided I wasn't quitting. He didn't quit on me when he went up the cross. I ain't going to quit on him. On, Hallelujah. I'm going to stick in. I don't care. I don't care. I'll hitchhike to my meetings. Some people thought we'd quit tra tra traveling because we had kids. God didn't change my calling because I had kids. They fit into our lives. We don't fit into theirs. <laughs> they came out pretty good. They've seen the country, baby. Come on. Amen. You know, just, just uh, obey God. Obey God. Somebody shout amen. But uh, there's some of you need to put that one on, on, on your refrigerator right there. Wealth and riches shall be. Brother Bumman, now that is spiritual riches. Ah. Okay, we'll see about that in a couple minutes. Look at verse 4. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. You know, uh, we, we, we won't put up them other verses. Um, I'll just refer to them, okay, for, for, for time's sake. I'm chasing rabbits this morning enjoying the hunt. But the Bible said in Genesis 1 and 4, it, it, it said God divided the light from the darkness. It says in Exodus chapter 1 verse 19 that the, uh, that the Hebrew women gave, they, they were giving birth to their children ahead of the Egyptian women even before the midwives could get in there. They, they had their babies before they could even get in there to help them. It said God put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. 
I believe God still wants to put a difference in the Egyptians and the Israelites in these days. Sing those songs that Jake puts up there with gusto, folks. Not survival, but thriving. Hallelujah. God put a difference between the Egyptians, the world, and the church. There arises light in the darkness. Let's do some synonyms. First of all, is there any sickness in heaven? No. Well, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hey, check this out. Watch this. Look at that verse up there. Unto the upright there ariseth healing in the sickness. Make noise, please, or I'll preach longer. You better make noise or I'll preach longer. Unto the upright there ariseth joy in depression. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. You can fill in the blanks. Anything that pertains to the kingdom of darkness, God puts the light on us. Hallelujah. He is gracious, full of compassion and righteous. Won't you be that way instead of so stinking mean? I'll tell you why that happened to him. I'll tell you exactly why that happened to him. Oh, so that's how God looks. He's scary. Go away. So you're God now. You know why things happen to people. And it's yours to judge why things happen to people. It's yours to have compassion on people. Walk a mile in their shoes. You might shut up a little bit. I'm preaching too good for y'all to be so quiet. I, I really, this is what, what I just said is for those people that will be listed on CD outside of the church. It was to nobody here this morning. You understand that? That part about shutting up, okay? <laughs> am I preaching good? Come on, am I preaching good? You know I am. Verse 5, a good man showeth favor and lendeth, holdeth, ameneth, ith. Jeff, now how in the world can I lendeth if I don't haveth? I can't lendeth. You know, these people have some money in the bank, you know. I just can't stand it. People's always wanting to borrow. Of course, if you're from Eastern Kentucky, it's Barry. They're always wanting to borrow. Well, aren't you pitiful? You got so much money, somebody wanting to borrow from you all the time. God give me that problem. You don't have to say yes to everybody, but be led by the Holy Ghost. But wouldn't it be a blessing to be the bank instead of the guy coming begging for a loan? Proving that verse 3 wasn't just about Spiritual riches. Granted, if you got all the money in the world and 18 cars, you only drive one at a time anyway. What's wrong with you? If you've got all these riches and earthly riches, if you don't have peace on the inside, if you don't have Jesus on the inside, if you don't know you're going to heaven when you die someday, you aren't rich. You're a poor man. You might have a bunch of junk in this world, but it's, that's, that's not real riches. I'm going to balance this out for you. I understand spiritual riches are more important, but don't, don't do that at the expense of doing away with the other. You can't lendeth unless you haveth. So evidently the wealth and riches that are in his house up in verse 3 had to have been material riches or he couldn't be lending to people. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Verse 5. Quit calling yourself stupid. If I buy a car, it's a lemon. I always make the wrong choices. You know I'd get the one that would break. Mm -hmm. You've convinced yourself of that, haven't you? Why don't you put this in your mouth? I guide my affairs with discretion. I have the wisdom of God. I'm led by the Holy Ghost, according to Romans 8, 14. 
I'm wrapping it up. Verse 6. He shall, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. You talk about a legacy. There's some boys and girls. The legacy, it, the legacy isn't that A model or that shotgun, okay? The legacy isn't just those, those uh, uh, nice uh, vacations you took. Or that you kept a nice lawn. Spiritual. Now we're getting down to the spiritual. What memories will your kids have of you? We used to sit around the kitchen table and read the Bible. And <clears throat> I remember the first time I took them through the Ten Commandments just to show them what's right and wrong because we've got a whole country today that don't have a conscience. See, the purpose of the Ten, Ten Commandments is to prick your conscience, to show you you need a Savior. You've broken some of them. <laughs> Come on. Just take time. I told people on Facebook this week, start a new tradition. It might be awkward at first because you're used to just stuffing your face and going in there and start ripping packages open. Slow things down a little bit for God's sake. What's wrong with you? Before you ever open one present, get out your Bible to Luke chapter 2 and read verses 1 through 14. It won't kill you to take five minutes to read 14 verses. Your kids will remember that till the day they die. You know, I grew up knowing what Christmas was about. Your righteousness endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Verse 7. God knows. I mean, Fox is bad enough. I, that's the one I watch, but I don't watch the communist news. I mean CNN. I mean the Clinton news. I mean CNN. I, I don't watch that one. I, I, I just watch Fox, but it's even negative. My God, the bad news. The whole world. Once in a while, they'll put on a story about somebody did something nice for somebody. One a week. But 24 hours of bad news and bad news. And this happened and this happened. Some of you need to see. The, see, it's not just your cholesterol that's giving you heart trouble, boys and girls. God knows I need to practice some of that. Although my cholesterol's great, they say, praise God. God's good. God's merciful. <laughs> okay. But God is good. It's that water, brother, and a lot of laughing in my house. That helps a lot, I think. Medicine, you know. But <laughs> my blood pressure's even right at normal. God's good. That is a miracle, ain't it? It really is. But uh, Jesus said heart, that, um, um, that people's hearts would fail them for fear, for looking after what's coming on the earth. It's not just your diet that kills you, boys. It's looking after the things of the world. But you hear that bad news and it rolls off like water off a duck's back and I'm closing. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid till he sees his desire on his enemies. Listen to verse 9. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. Well, if he's given to the poor, he must not be poor. I've never, I'm not making light of this or making fun of anybody, but down in Cincinnati they got these people that got these shopping carts. They live out of a shopping cart. All they got is in a shopping cart. Living on, under a bridge in a cardboard box or something. I've never seen any of them out handing stuff out to people at Christmas. Somebody's handing them something. So, this guy I'm reading about in Psalm 112 can't be the poor because he's dispersed and given to the poor. My last word is verse 10. Christine, come on up here, babe, and play that piano for me. Listen to this. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. And this is the part that blesses me. The desire of the wicked shall perish.
the desire of the wicked shall perish. How did the message say it? The dreams of the wicked are nothing. Nothing. It added nothing. The dreams of the wicked are nothing. Nothing. Let me tell you something. That devil has told you because it runs in your family. We're not denying that it might run in your family, okay? But that, that, that makes fear, don't it, Pastor? That puts fear in hearts, don't it? Well, I'm going to lose everything. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting right down here. Woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep because I was hurting right down here. Well, that might not be anything. It might be the fact that you ate eight pieces of pepperoni pizza before you went to bed. You don't need prayer for healing. You need a repentance meeting. Come on. Here's the Kleenex. Okay. My, my, my point is that the devil will mess with your mind. Every time the devil's mouth moves, he's lying. And when I read the last part of that, the desire of the wicked shall perish, it doesn't matter what the devil said. He don't get what he wants. Come on. Did you read that? His desire is nothing. His plans are nothing. God made you the head, not the tail. Brother, you wanted me to preach one today. I, you didn't tell me what to preach, but you said just build some charges up. Well, I hope I charged you up today. Amen. This Psalm 112, look at your neighbor and say, this Psalm 112 is me. Come on, say, this Psalm 112 is me. This is me. Come on. I ain't kidding. Don't let this go in your mind and never think about it until next year or something. Go home and read this again and write it down and make it in the first person. This is me. Because I'm that person, that blessed person. Hallelujah. Did y'all get anything out of this today? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs>